Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is August the 12th, 2014, and I hope everyone is having a blissful day today. We're supposed to get showers, and then after that, we'll see the rest of sunshine for this rest of the week. Kids and children are in school, and I'm happy about that. They're doing well. So, everyone, I received the most devastating and grieving news this morning, losing one of our most promising actors well he was a promising actor all the way around he was a great actor robin williams um he died monday and everyone is still in total shock from the messages that i have seen on social media the shock and the grief from most people and you can see his final post on instagram which was like two weeks ago he was wishing his daughter a happy 25th birthday and she said happy he said, happy birthday to Miss Zelda Ray Williams, quarter of a century old today, but always my baby girl, happy birthday. And, of course, on my Twitter at Day 60 I wanted people to post up, what was your favorite movie? What did you enjoy the most about him? Someone posted on my Facebook fan page, Bright Style with Technician, that their favorite movie was Miss Doubtfire. I admired all his movies, Good Will Hunting. Everything that he did was excellent. It, no one could really exceed that. He made you laugh inside and out, and even though he struggled with his own demons, which was alcoholism and depression, he brought out whatever he could to make you laugh. And that takes a strong human being to just go through their whole day to not even worry about their own issues and to just focus on his stance. So our love and full aspirations will go out his family and they'll know how much we actually loved him right now his death is in it's in questioning right now because um at the moment they said that he committed suicide so we'll end up finding out further updates and i'll probably update you with that today or either tomorrow but anyhow we have a happy little story i guess we can say happy um with me today will be troy spry um or another relationship expert and i'm glad to have him on my show today and he has done so many shows. He's familiar with Blog Talk Radio. He has done shows on Blog Talk Radio himself. And he's a certified reality expert, a life coach, relationship coach, mentor, and blogger. And he's, he even has his Facebook, the Facebook.com forward slash exclusive thoughts, which is spelled X-K-L-U-S-I-V-E thoughts. And you can find him on Twitter at exclusive five. But our question today here is can man really be faithful um adultery seems to be the new thing is it really people still find their own way to sneak out make that last minute phone call to so-and-so delete the messages cover up the phones and they have so many apps out now that a person can really actually cheat so I'm going to bring Troy on here, and if you feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. I am going to open up the chat box. If you want to join in, they give you the option on Blog Talk Radio to join in the conversation with us. Please, if you do call in, keep your questions at a minimum. We're not taking over the show, people. But anyhow, with me today is Troy Sprott. Troy, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, hello. I'm, I'm doing really, really well today, and thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I always have to give the bad news, and then we come out with the good news sometimes. But as I was mentioning, you know, Robin Williams was a great actor to so many of us, and I'm sure, Troy, you could probably remember great movies that you enjoyed watching with him in it. Oh, yeah, I was a Miss Doubtfire fan. Right? That was one of them. But my children was looking at it because they quite don't understand what was going on, so I had to explain it to them, and I don't think they really could grasp that eight years old. But I was like, it was like, oh, Mommy, the genie in Aladdin. I was like, yeah, that was him. He was the voice. So, you know, Night at the Museum 3, just, he left a lot of great movies behind for us all, and he definitely will be, be remembered. But like I said, we all deal with our 
we deal with a lot of demons, but sometimes you don't know what a person can go through, and no matter how much money you have, the fame or the love, it's not enough to actually just grasp the issues that you hold inside of you. But anyhow, we're going to get to Troy. Troy, my question is, what actually just led you into becoming a life and relationship coach? That's a good question. I like to tell people my story. It's a, it's a brief one, but it's a good one in that um, I've always been a writer, right? So I've always been a blogger. I always blogged and wrote. Not really blogged, but I wrote poetry and things like that when I was coming up. And um, when I became an adult and real life started to happen, I actually stopped writing because I just didn't have the time anymore. And so, honestly, my mother, when my mother passed away, she passed away from multiple sclerosis back in 2011. And I was sitting at, at the kitchen table, and something just told me to write about it. And so I wrote, and my first blog ever was called A Mother's Love. And so I just wrote, and because I, I, I heard about these things called blogs. And um, so I just created one. And I sent it out to my social media, and within seconds, I had so many people coming back saying how they can relate to my posts. They, they love my writing and all that good stuff. And so eventually what I did was I just started writing what came natural to me, and that was what I was hearing every day, and, and um, it was relationship stuff. And so I would put out, you know, a blog here, a blog there, and the audience just began to grow. And so next thing I knew, I had a bunch of people in my inbox asking me for relationship and life advice. And so what did I do next? I went and got certified as a coach. And, you know, if we're going to be talking about these things anyway, I might as well, you know, use this gift to help benefit other people. And so that's when I built my platform. <laughs> that's when I built my platform and I created Exclusive Thoughts. And from Exclusive Thoughts, has, I've now become a blogger, a writer, speaker, and a facilitator. So it's, it's kind of just grown because I feel like I'm aligned in my purpose and my passion. And you're doing so well. I checked out your website. It looks like it's going so well for you. And I just love the picture. I, I think it was on your site I saw the picture of you and your wife, gorgeous, lovely picture of you, yeah. too. Oh, it's just, I mean, if you really see the picture, people, it just really it's just, it's beautiful. It makes you want to just remarry all over again or just get married right now. <laughs> yeah. I was just I was just speaking of that too on Facebook. Apparently, all my friends are getting married or they already have married. It looks like marriage is the new trend. I think that's something that we need to talk about. That is going viral. Everyone is doing it now. Everyone's proposing, and now you see it vice versa. You see the women proposing to the man. I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I guess it's a good thing to the man. But, you know, everything is marketed towards women when it comes to relationship advice. Why is that? Well, there, there are a few reasons, reasons why, and it's one of the reasons why I try to balance my approach is because, you know, relationships are universal. They don't, they're not gender-specific. Everybody can, can benefit from some good, healthy relationship examples and advice from time to time. But one of the reasons that it's marketed towards women is because, number one, women are more likely to consume those types of products, right? Two, women are more open to hearing and receiving advice because they like to talk, right? Women love to talk and, and have conversations. Men are more closed, more action-oriented. Um, also, women are more likely to share it, to comment, to have conversation about it. And, um, you know, I think that's why a lot of people market to women. Um, but one thing I'll, I'll let you know is if I look at my audience, Half of my audience is men. The difference is, is that men don't comment as much, they don't say as much, and they're, they're not right. as likely to buy something. But they are there. They're paying attention because they want answers just as, just as much as women do. But I think that that's kind of a segment that's been negated a little bit is the men. So I speak a lot to men. I try to give men a, a voice again, you know, when it comes to relationships. Okay. And that's very hard because, as you said, men don't comment. It's always we will comment on something in the heartbeat, especially when it comes to the fact about cheating. So when you think of relationships, by you being an expert, why can a man really be faithful to one woman? As they say, it goes far back it's to, with men being cavemen and dragging a woman around, and he was from woman to woman, and really some men have not evolved. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely think that men can be faithful. And I'll tell you why. One thing we were blessed with as humans is this ability to choose, right? So everything we do for the most part is a choice. And so what I always tell women is men don't cheat because they lack the desire, I mean, because they had desire. So the thing is we still always have the desire to be with women. That's not the case. But what the difference is in the men that are faithful 
is that the men of the faithful, they have more discipline, right, because they see that something that they have is bigger than, than themselves. And so I think a lot of men have to go through a transformation where they realize that the risk doesn't outweigh the consequences, right? The benefit of, of that cheating episode, it, it doesn't outweigh the consequences that come with it. So you have to have a certain level of discipline where you want to respect your mate, you want to respect your wife, you want to respect your family because that's what your priority is at that time. So it's not that men don't desire to be with other women, just like women desire to be with other men. I mean, we're, we're carnal creatures. We all have that kind of, you know, normal, natural desires. And, we, and I think that's where we have to get better at is, is knowing that it, it doesn't just happen. You make a conscious effort to make that happen. Right, and some have said before that men can be saved. You just have to catch them at the right time in their point of life where they where you get them when they're good. Because a lot of them sometimes, you know, some of them be bad. They just have to cheat. But I say like this, if you have been doing it over a long period of time, you you up in your 40s or 41, 50, I don't think that you can necessarily change right then and there. If you're a cheater, you're going to stay a cheater. You're not going to automatically change. And we see men as they're supposed to have a special connection with their mother, but, of course, you're not dating your mother. You're dating a female. And I guess this all brings me to it, too. Um, Troy, is the matter, in fact, is is it the other spouse's fault if their man is, is it the woman's fault if her husband is cheating or her boyfriend is cheating on her? Absolutely. I, I think, I, I believe that that's a common um, excuse that's used a lot of times. Now, can your mate contribute to you doing that? Absolutely. But is it their fault? No, because they, they didn't make the choice for you, right? Now, if you have some needs that are not being met and you've tried to work through those needs over and over and over again, then, yes, it becomes very appealing to go get those needs met somewhere else. But you still make the conscious choice, right? So it's always, always talk about personal accountability and, uh, and, and being conscious of, of our own choices. And so I don't think your mate is responsible for it, but they can contribute to you wanting to do so. Same thing with women. I just wrote a blog piece about women, you know, why women cheat as well. And some of those reasons are, are very similar to why men cheat. You know, sometimes it's revenge. Sometimes it's because you want the thrill of somebody else. Sometimes it's because you're, you're feeling a void that you're not getting at home. There are a lot of things that can contribute to someone cheating, but at the end of the day, it's still your choice to cheat because you also have the choice to leave, right? So we, we also got to make, make that connection. You have the choice to leave if you would like to as well. So I think um, it's not the other person's fault necessarily. Right, and a lot of people don't want to do that. They want their cake and the ice cream. And I think, in my opinion, a man can love one woman, but at the same time, he might still dog on her. And as you said, Troy, a woman does the exact same thing. Of course, they always say a woman just does her better. Because normally, man, I don't know. Women, you can get caught, too, being a woman, too. But most of they say the man likes to be sneaky, and they're just not good. You're just not good. You don't get that. He let the woman know, oh, this is her over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree because right I in the mall with your woman. You know you're eyed over there at that other woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I agree. <laughs> Troy, you we know are, it. We are not very good at it. We are not very it good at it. <laughs> Be trying to play, be trying to play it off, oh, like you don't see her, oh, you, who that was? I don't know. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm about to go through this phone tonight. That's what I'm. Well, that's the thing, Nisha. Though the thing is, is that women have this beautiful thing called intuition, and they're so okay. intuitive. And so women feel when something's wrong. And the, the thing about men is, we're such creatures of habit that we don't realize that our women know us better than we know ourselves. And so when we start to deviate from what we normally do, our women pick up on those things, but we don't realize that they're picking up on them. So we end up caught more times than not. That's why it's so much more peaceful to just do the right thing. Right. And then also when it comes to love and faithfulness, we have to separate the two because I can love someone, but faithfulness, that should be dodged individually. I believe that the incentive to be faithful to your partner is premised on your own nature. Um, some people have the ability to love one person, yet be sexually involved with um, another or maybe even several others, not to say that it's desirable or right. But, you know, it happens. While others are lucky that in one man they find love and faithfulness, and sometimes it's, it's hard to do. That's why I said I do agree with the one when I saw it on Bethany, uh, um, 
the guy. He said that you have to catch the man at the right time, and I think so because some men are still foolish, they're childish. They like to think that they have it going on, and a lot of them blame it on us as well. Troy, they'll say you get in a relationship with the woman. Oh, she was looking bam, bam, bam. Now, son, you fall on up and you looking like, <laughs> and they yep, on the other. <laughs> And, and it happens. It happens, but it's it's all or nothing. Either you're going to take that person for all or you just move on. And I feel like this because my husband and I, we've been married for nine years. It's going on ten, and I feel that it's his own perspective. If he cheats, it's his responsibility. It's not the other person's problem or fault. It's his. He's all held responsible, and if, he, and if he has any issues, then we need to go outside and talk about it. We need to deal with this one-on-one. Because I'm a sister, and we're not going to play that. So that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> but I, this no, is what I would like. Richard. Right. Well, I would also like to know, why, why can't they take responsibility? Because some don't want to take responsibility for their own self. They like to put off on this, oh, well, you didn't do this this way. You're not taking care of the household. So what? Talk to me first before you go out and, and step out and be with the other person on the other side, because the other side's not always greener. I mean, you got your chicken here, but now you want your cheesecake. <laughs> hey, look, I, I will tell you. I will tell you this. Um, I believe that that's why we have to we have to stay so conscious in our marriages and in our relationships. A lot of times, we just start going with the flow, and we, we don't realize that we're not fulfilling our part of the bargain in our relationship, and we don't communicate about those things. Now, on the other side of that is. People like, it's easy to blame other people. That's always the easiest thing to do in this world is to, is to be a victim, right? Instead of saying, you know what, I played a role in this. I have some responsibility. I need to take some accountability for that. And so I think that that's a definite problem is that a lot of times it's easy to say, hey, well, you weren't doing this or you weren't doing that. But on the other side is, you know, the wife or the girlfriend, she might not be taking accountability for the fact that she wasn't fulfilling those needs. You know, she just thinks that all, it automatically just happened. He's just going to be faithful regardless. I can do whatever I want to do, but he's going to be faithful regardless. When realistically, she should be conscious enough to say, you know what, I need to hold up my end of the bargain as well, just as he does. So I think it's all about personal accountability. Right, and when it comes to love and faith, and it's all about just taking the risk for me, but at the same time, is it foolish for me to say this, Troy, that in, in your mind that you should already probably have that concept that a man going to cheat any, anyway, regardless. You should not be foolish to that factor. they going to do it. Is that okay to say, or is that just setting yourself up for sabotage? I think it's one of the worst mindsets to go into a relationship with because I think it, it breeds a, a foundation of insecurity and distrust. And when you start off with insecurity and distrust, then everything else is going to go wrong. And what ends up happening is it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So now, you know, just because you think that all men cheat, now every time something looks like, you know, looks like something, even if it's not, you're going to think it is something. So I think it's one of the worst mindsets to have. But I also think that that mindset allows a lot of women to settle. So they allow themselves to be mistreated. They allow themselves to be cheated on multiple, multiple times. And they say, well, that's just how men are. Well, absolutely not. I think men respond to the standards that women allow. Right? So the worst thing you can do is, is not have any consequences for anything. Men respond to what women do, and we respond to the consequences that come with our actions. We don't respond to all the fussing and the nagging that happens. So I'll give you an example. You know, you can, you can fuss at me for three weeks about what I did wrong, or, you can, or I could come home and you're gone. Which one do you think right. is going to have a bigger impact? <laughs> right? So that, right. that's why we got to look at it. Exactly. You got to look at it for what it is. And we got to get out of the fantasy because we take it. I mean, it might sound cynical that, no, you cannot probably just love one person. And, of course, not probably. But you can be faithful because, like I said, they go differently. But I think what I'm trying to really say is that real life is messy. It's complicated. It's not always as clean cut and easy. It's not. We, we can't work it out the way that some of the writers of these romance novels do. It's not It's not going to be blissful as that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. It's not all peaches and cream all the time. But I do think that we have to stop normalizing dysfunction, right? 
right. that's become yeah. a, that becomes an issue as well. We start to expect dysfunction instead of trying to figure out how can we make things run a little more smoothly. How can we? What kind of skills can we develop to make to make some of those romance novels come to life? Like they don't all have to be uh, sci-fi. They don't all have to be fiction. There's some things that could be real life if we make them real life. Right. I do. I do agree with that, and I'm glad that I have you here to explain that because a lot of your mistresses out there, um, you know, say that it's a woman's fault. You should keep your man happy all the time, but a lot of times you can do all of that. You can feed him, you can, <laughs> and you can also be his friend, and he will still step out if he chooses to do so. So I don't really mm-hmm. know if there's boundaries that will hold your man together. I think just knowing each other, having that communication probably can. I, I'm not sure. Are there are any more tips that you can give on just to keep that relationship bound, Troy? Yeah, and see, this is the thing. You, you can't you can't control what he does, but you can control no. yourself, right? You can control how you respond, right? You can control what you allow. So I think that's one thing we really have to get get back to is saying, okay, I can control how I allow you to treat me. Now, when you say what are some tips to to making sure that you know people you know have that continuity in their relationship and they don't astray, I think we have to be conscious. Number one. We have to be conscious of our partner's needs, and we have to communicate openly about what those needs are and what those expectations are. You know, if I expect that we are going to be intimate for you know, three, four days a week, then we got to have an open, honest conversation. But what you can't do is, is not say that, and then I, if we're not intimate, you go cheat on me and say it was my fault. Right? We have to put very simple things in place that communicate what our needs and our desires are. Another thing we have to do is we have to find ways to stay connected. So let's be honest. When you're with someone for a long period of time, it's very easy to disconnect because life happens, right? Your kids happen, work happens, all these things happen, so it's a lot easier to stay, to become disconnected. So you have to make conscious effort to stay connected. So that means that now the things that used to come really natural, right, like, you know, the, the kisses in the morning and the kisses in the afternoons and the, and the nice notes and all that kind of stuff, now you have to become conscious. I encourage some of my clients, hey, make yourself a reminder in your phone. Just because you had to remind yourself of it doesn't mean it doesn't have the same impact, right? You know, sometimes you have to be conscious and say, I need to touch my wife today. I need to, uh, or if she's a wife, she needs to say, I need to go sit in my husband's lap today. You know, you need to become conscious, make a to-do list, whatever it takes, but you have to be conscious of what you need to do to stay connected to your mate because otherwise they will find that connection somewhere else. You know, so I, I think do. those are a few tips that we have to have. Right. you got to make sure the home stays laser hot just to, just to keep it happy. You have to be spontaneous. And, you know, I found a lot of older people being married for about 65 years still, and still just keep it spicy for your man no matter what. Put on your lingerie, honey. Go around the house. Do a little episode for me. And when the children are gone, do do, do all that. Don't let, don't let them catch you in your birthday suit. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> those, <laughs> you know, those are things that come. And I do agree with you, Troy, on that. Accidents do happen. And sometimes you don't see it coming. But it's just ways to always um, mend that together. So, in your opinion, who really forgives easier, men or women? Oh, I think women forgive easier, hands down. Um because men are so territorial. We're very territorial. And so that's why when we feel like, you know, someone else is kind of walking on our territory, we get really, really defensive, and we bec- it becomes really hard to forgive. I think another thing that contributes to that is the idea that you talked about earlier where you said, hey, some people just expect men to cheat. So for women, it becomes easier to forgive. You don't really expect women to cheat that way, so it becomes really hard to forgive you know, especially when our feelings are hurt, you know, because for men, you know, our emotions, when we love a woman, I think we love really, really, really hard because it takes more for us to to love a woman, right, to actually open ourselves up. So when we love that hard and that trust is uh, broken, then I think we become very, very, um, very defensive and we become very regretful and we hold grudges. So I think women definitely are, are more forgiven than men. Right, and it it really is hard. And sometimes, before you probably even get to that point in life with the marriage, it's always red flags. Um, should you, should 
like if any of his past experiences where he have cheated so numerous times on women, should that be a red flag? I I think it should. I mean, and the reason why is because we are what we repeatedly do, right? So if you if you're with someone who who cheats all of the time, then odds are that's that's who they are. Now I will say this: for the right woman, a man will change his ways. But if you still see the same behavior and the same red flags, then he probably hasn't changed who he is at all. That man will change for her, but he will change for himself first, right? Because he sees that it's something more important than just being with a bunch of women or, or, the, or the sex of another woman. He, he has other priorities. But you have to pay attention to the red flags because if the behavior is the same, then you probably get the same results. Always says it looked like a duck, quite like a duck. It's probably a duck, <laughs> you know? So we have to be willing to, 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 to face that stuff head on. Right, but would you just, I mean, you don't want to always hold that against a person, too, because I feel, as I said before, a person can change. I don't know if they probably start getting up in their 40s or 50s, if that's possible, because now it's like it's intact in you. But I think you probably could give a person a chance if, if you're willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People people change all the time. But what right. we can't do is try to make somebody change. I think that's the problem. Now, people change on their own. But when you try to make someone change, you try to turn somebody, I call it trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Right? If if you if you are consistently find yourself trying to change somebody to who you want them to be, then it probably won't work. But if you see them putting in their own effort to to change their own behaviors, then it can happen. So I think we we got to be very conscious of of not seeing what we want to see, but seeing what is. Right. And that that I do will have to agree with you on that all the way. But what we're gonna do? We're gonna come back with Troy Spy and. We're going to get into talking about his book, Marriage Life, and maybe even probably Children in the Future. Um, but do not touch that dial. Stay tuned. And if you feel like calling in, you know the number, 347-426-3751. Do not touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy, Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. My name is Rose. Smoking caused my lung cancer. The most painful thing that I went through was the chest tube to get the fluid out of my lungs. It was just bloody, bloody, bloody. Every day I prayed that they would remove it. The last three or four days, I literally cried. My tip is, be careful what you wish for. That chest tube hurt a lot more coming out than it did going in. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. For the most accurate health information, visit www.cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO. I'm working two jobs, and my husband works two. My kids go to school with your kids. I'm one out of every six Americans, and my family is struggling with hunger. I believe in this country, but it's hard to believe so many Americans have to choose between paying bills and feeding families. Visit feedingamerica.org and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Uh, we're back and you're with your host, Technician, on the Bright Side with Technician. I was just looking at Twitter for Robin Williams' quote, and it was so admirable. You know, no matter what people tell you, words and ideas can't change the world, and that's for true. His words, his many ideas changed all of us. I'm sure he brought laughter and happiness into everyone's life, and we could just remember so much. He was an outstanding actor, and there was not a time that we did not cry and Certain parts he portrayed so well when he had to do a serious moment in those, such as Goodwill Hunting, great teacher in that one. Well, he and he also had to be a counselor. He was like your friend. So we'll just remember Robin Williams here on today's show. So if you want to chat about it in the box, please do so. If you feel like calling in, you can always do so. 
347-426-3751. But we're here with Troy Squad, a certified relationship coach, giving us tips on why men cheat and why you don't necessarily have to cheat. It's on you, and if you feel like doing so, then God will help you. <laughs> and so with Troy. But um, <laughs> you also have this wonderful, um, we talked about, um, I think it's your book out, Teach Me How to Love a Man's Journey Towards and Through Marriage. Why this particular book? What is this book really all about? Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, so this is the thing. I tell you, one of my one of my goals is to is to make sure men have a voice when it comes to relationships. And, and I think for a lot of men, we're searching to be understood, but we're also searching on how to, you know, how to love. You know, it's one of those things that we're not necessarily taught. We're taught a lot of things as men, you know, about how to conquer women and we're taught how to work hard and how to, you know, how to be competitive and all those good things. But one of the most powerful things a man can do is learn how to love, right? And so that's why I wrote this book. It's a small e-book, but I wrote it because it talks a little bit about the journey that a man goes through in his mind before he reaches the point where he wants to be married. It talks about, you know, men do have the desire uh, for commitment. Talks about the fact that, you know, the, the idea of commitment is totally contradictory to what we're taught when we're growing up as kids and, and as little boys. It talks about how men need to be allowed to be vulnerable again, you know, because we're taught that we have to hold everything inside. And the last part of it is really talking about how we can love our women better. You know, what can we do to consciously love our women better? And so that's why it's more of a journey than anything else. So that's why it's called Teaching You How to Love, A Man's Journey Toward and Through Marriage. So I kind of take you on a journey from, you know, before marriage, the desire for it, what happens when we're in marriage and some of the vulnerabilities we have, and how we can love our women better when we're in that marriage. So that's really uh, the kind of the point of the book. And I think it, it, it can benefit people that are single. It can benefit people that are married already. It can, benefit, it can benefit people that are in just basic relationships or dating because it kind of talks to everybody and helps people understand, because I really believe what happens, what has happened in relationships is we don't seek to understand before we seek to, to judge. We have to seek to understand each other first. So that's kind of why I wrote the book. Okay. And we, I mean, it's not easy when you're loving someone. It's, that's a hard, that's a hard route. And, and even when it goes into most people ask, were you ever attracted to this person? I think that sometimes, you can, if you really love someone, the attractiveness can come along later, really. And when it comes to marriage, you just have to keep a strong bun. You you have to be very spiritual. It takes personal affirmation and appreciation to really just have the basic foundation to love that man or for that woman to love that man or that man to love that woman, what I was trying to say. So it, it's really, it does, it takes, it takes a whole lot. Now, how long have you been married, Troy? So I've been with my wife for 10 years, but we've only been married for two years. So we've been together oh. a long time, um, since college, actually. I mean, we, we met in college, actually, and um, we just got married two years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, you got – well, you just keep on going. I can tell you, it's, it's, you have your ups and you have your downs. That's, that's anyone marriage and people say oh but you were arguing yeah you're going to do that you're not going to always agree on everything this is not Mary Poppins this is not the Cosby you're going <laughs> to argue you're going to have you're going to have trouble that's what marriage is all about you're supposed to argue then you do all your makeup later mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always tell people man you know th- th- whenever you get two imperfect people together you're going to have disagreement uh, I think we have to develop skills, though, that allows us to get through those disagreements without, without you know, permanently damaging the relationship or the marriage. Right. And a lot of guys do end up, you know, sometimes forgetting when you go into this marriage. It is, it is work. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Anything that's easy is not worth doing. And, it's, guys, I know that you don't like to do this, but you've got to have conversation with your woman sometimes. Now, when mm-hmm. it's game time, when it's game time on, you don't have to talk. You can tell her, be quiet. You know what I'm doing now. You know I'm watching the game. I'm coming, you talking, I'm watching the game. But your woman wants to hear that. She wants you to hear about her day, regardless if she talks about it five times. Because I know I'm usually good in 
talking maybe at least twice or three times. Just, just to know that you're listening. Ladies, don't get on his nerves all day about it. But listen to your woman. Romance be honest. She needs that. We need that stability. We need that security. We're not asking you to go beat up every bad guy, but we need to know that you're there, that you can be able to protect me when I feel hurt, when I feel, well, even when I feel happy and someone might try to steal my joy away. That's, that's the type of security that we need. Like I said, it takes a strong foundation and to have God in your life and to stay prayed up because it's, it's easy to have that open door. And, you know, really, I I don't really blame the spouse for cheating, but it's good to always keep your business to yourself when it comes to your relationship issues. You don't go out there and start talking about, oh, he's this, he's that way in the bed, no, and vice versa. We don't do that because someone else is going to be trying to get your cookies. Mhm. Absolutely. I think you have to keep relationship issues inside the relationship um, because what happens is people that we talk to, they only get one side of the story, and it's usually your side of the story. So it makes it very easy for them to judge your mate based on what you're telling them, even though you don't, you never share the good side of the story. So it, it starts driving wedges in between you know, your your friends and your support system and your mate. It's subconsciously done sometimes. We don't realize we're doing it, but we have to be conscious of that because it could, especially if it's our family members, you know, because they want to protect us. So they're always going to take our side a lot of times. So we have to be very conscious of, of talking about our mates. But the other side of that is, you know, you go talking about your mate negatively. A lot of times you got those women out there who are trying to save him from you. So the next thing you know, she's in his inbox. You know, she's sending him text messages. So she's trying to see, you know, what you got going on over there. So I think we gotta we gotta be conscious of that. Right. She's gonna be all up in your business while you told her everything about your man. And as we were and I said, it happens. We don't want it to happen, but that's life. But once you get to that point of life, the cheating has happened. Okay, now what to do? What's next, Troy? How to mend it? I actually wrote a piece on this about, you know, how to, how to heal after after you've been through some infidelity. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to allow yourself to feel. I think what happens okay. we try to we try to say, okay, just get over it. Well, no, it's a grieving time for you because you feel hurt and you feel disappointed. So you have to give yourself some time to feel. You know, all those emotions that are going, that emotional roller coaster that you're going through, allow yourself to feel it. You know, because that way you can deal with those emotions later on. So I think you have to allow yourself to feel number one. Number two is you have, if you, you have to um, now accommodate your mate. So that means that if your mate is trying to trust you again after you've cheated on them, whatever they're asking you to do, you need to be transparent and do it because that's going to make them feel secure again. So if that means that you know, before you cheated, she didn't mind not having the password to your phone, well, now, because you did, you need to allow her to have it if that's what she's asking for. Remember, you're the one who created this environment, so you got to give her time to heal. you got to give her time to say, you know, I, I trust you again. You know, building trust is not a, a one-day thing. It's not an easy thing to do. So you have to do that. You also have to, you have to forgive. And that means if you're going to actually get over this thing, you can't keep bringing it up, you know, every, <laughs> every five minutes. You can't keep bringing it up over because all you're going to do is continue to re- to relive it over and over and over again. And once you do that, you're going to keep bringing up those old wounds, and it's not going to work out well for anybody. <laughs> Believe that. I do, so I think those, I are, those are three big, key, big keys. Right. I do agree with that. I have went, I went through the same situation where it was me being the villain. And, of course, you know, locking the phone, keeping the certain passcodes and stuff on it. Yeah. But now I, I – don't keep the past codes. And you're right. It does bring up an issue when you keep nagging that person, oh, you did this, and it's like, okay, yeah, but are we we moving forward or are we living in the past? Because I can't live, you know, I can't live like that. And that's why I used to always tell him, you can't keep bringing it up because you're making it worse. I, I have to keep being reminded of it. So now we have to move forward. So we're doing well. Like I said, it's a, it's a struggle. It takes. It takes time. It does. It takes time, and we we have a beautiful relationship. I try not to argue in front of my girls. Whatever happens between us, they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know. Now, I will say this. I think another thing you have to do that helps is you have to get to the why of the matter. 
Okay. Right? You have to – people want to understand why certain things happen, and you have to be transparent enough to have that conversation. So if you went out and cheated because you felt like you were feeling the void or you felt like you weren't getting the attention that you wanted, you have to help your mate to understand those things because otherwise it will happen again. If we just sit there and argue about the event itself, then we're not really okay. solving anything. We have to get to, down to the why of why that happened. And I think one thing that people run away from, especially in African-American communities, is we don't want to reach out to professionals. Right? Sometimes you have to reach out to a, a marriage counselor. You have to reach out to a coach or whoever it might be, somebody that can be very um, objective in the situation and not be full of the emotion that's going on while you're having those arguments or those disagreements. So you need someone sometimes to be a moderator to see both sides of the story. So I think that's one other, those are two other tips that we can use as well. Right. My guest, Leonardo Bustos, was saying that yesterday about that you do need people such as yourself and dating coaches, especially when you're getting back out here and trying to date. You need a dating coach. You cannot do all this by yourself. Yeah, he just said that. So I, I guess that is true. You do need a little advice. We, we go, we get advice for when our phone breaks or when we want to talk about what pair of shoes we want to get or if we look good in this suit, man. So why not have a professional to give you advice on your relationship? But, yeah, I do agree. Um, usually when you, go through, when you go through a relationship expert, what is the normal rate, though, to, for a relationship expert to charge? Well, I think, it, I think it really depends on the kind of the notoriety of the expert, you know, how long have they been doing it, what their client base looks like. If somebody is maybe just starting, you know, you, they, might, they might do some of it for free, you know, just to kind of get their client base up, and then they may start charging later. Or you may go to someone that's like a, you know, a very household name. It's just like buying, it's just like anything else. I mean, if you, if you hire, you know, somebody that's like a household name, a big brand, then you, they're probably going to charge a little bit more because their name means something. Um, so I think it really does vary. I mean, sometimes you can get coaching for, you know, three, four sessions for 100 bucks, or you might have four sessions that might cost you 500 bucks or 1000 bucks. So it's really kind of hard to say uh, what, the, what the standard is. I think that's where you just go to somebody and you shop around, right? You find somebody that you think you can trust, that you believe in what they're saying, that you uh, you kind of you check them out on your own. You can ask other people about them, and then you decide if it's worth you paying for their expertise. It's just like anything else, you know. Some people go pay to get their hair done. They pay, you know, for a sew-in. It might be five hundred bucks. I mean, it might be another girl who's a hundred bucks. So it all depends. Right. You know, now, since we're talking about the relationship part, you know, a lot of people go through social media and they consider that to, to be a part of the, the breakup, but I really don't think I agree with that either because both of you are on there. You you started this flame, now you have to end it. But it's just that some people you see say they're single online when in real life you have a relationship. Oh, yeah, I see that all the time. People... People love to blame social media for their relationship problems. When it's not social media that's, that's causing the problem, it's the way you behave on social media that causes the problem. You have to have boundaries on social media. You have to be transparent on social media. You have, you know, if you're a mate, if you have a mate, then people should probably know that you have a mate. You can't be acting single on social media because you think it's not real life. No, it is real life because you're the one behind the computer, and if you're doing things that aren't respectful of your mate on social media, then it's just like you doing those things in real life. You know, I kind of hate this idea that people think that social media is just social media. No, it's real life because people use that to form opinions and to form judgments about you. So we got to be very conscious of how we behave on social media. It's not just, it's not like this stuff happens in a bubble. You know, you go to apply for any job, guess what the first thing they do a lot of times is they go look at your social media because they feel like that's who, that, you know, that's who you are. Say it again. Say it again, Troy. They look at your social media. Oh, my God. When I posted that up, someone just got so offensive. Oh, you're jealous because you don't look this way. And I was looking like, no, I'm not jealous. But you're the fool if you think you're going to sit up there butt naked with a bikini on and went later down the road. What if you want to get a job or your children see this? We don't think about the stuff that we put up on social media. And we take it so out of context. It's okay to mm-hmm. do this. Okay. Right. What and then because I saw one young lady on there, um, and I was looking at her post. I was like, wow. I, and I know 
you're a stripper, fine. But what if years down the road, of course, your body probably not going to always look like that. Who knows? What if down, your, down the road that you don't want to be a stripper? So then what? Yeah, I mean, people, like, people don't really, think about that. You know, they don't think about the But you're, the employer is going to think about when they tell you, oh, you was on this site as a stripper or a porn star. So, no, you're not getting this job. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If if you get hired by a company, just like um, with anything else, you represent that brand. And so does that does your social media profile, does it represent that brand well? It's just like with, in dating and relationships, right? People all the time, you know, come to me for, for advice about, you know, dating and relationships. And I tell them, I say, if I look at your social media profile, there's no reason I will ever want to approach you. You know, because what you represent on there is not something that I would desire to date. So you can't tell me, don't judge me, because I am judging you, because people don't have the time to get to know everybody. So sometimes, you know, I, I see it happen with girls and guys all the time. They meet a guy, they meet a girl. The first thing they do is go through all their social media to get a conclusion of who that person is. So the question I ask people is, the story, the story that your social media tells, is that who you really are? If that's who you want to be represented as, then you need to make sure you do things accordingly so that people see who you really are and not this person or this persona you're trying to put up on social media. Right. And I, you know, come to think of it, I do need to start unplugging a little bit because I get caught up, like I sit on my radio shows and all of a sudden I go to Facebook. I look a little bit, but at the same time, even for those few minutes, I can just be unplugged and spend time with my hubby, my girls, and stay off of it because that just is signal signaling to them, okay, this is what you find more important, or you're on your phone, you playing games, because I love my games, I do, I will, I'm a, like a game fanatic, and that, <laughs> get, that gets caught up, so I have to, I need to take heed from this relationship expert, too, and you know, the social media as much, but as far as those with, like, putting my business up on social media, I don't do that, I, you don't need to know my business, <laughs> if I need you to know, mm-hmm. I call you. Right. People get mad. They get mad when you tell them about themselves on social media, but you just sold your business. Mm-hmm. Is the people. So we we do have to think about that. And a lot of times we don't want to think about the consequences until it's too late. A lot of people had to have a relapse. I have had a good friend of mine. She lost her job at a news station because of what she put up. Didn't think it really mattered because it wasn't nothing too bad, but it it's kind of pertained to her job, and now she lost it. Thank God she has another better job at the public relations. But it's just things you have to really think about. Be mindful what you really put up there, because once you put it out, it's not easy to retract at all. It's not like what that movie Cameron Diaz and the other guys playing um, up in in the cloud or something like that. You can't. It's out there. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't retract mm-hmm. it's out there. It. Right. Yep. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can't get rid of it once you throw it out there. Exactly. So, so what's next in life for you now? What What are your plans next? Are we still going to continue to write? Or are we expanding on the business of exclusive thoughts? Mhm. So, so I'm excited about where we're going. I'm kind of just going where the audience takes me and, and doing what they're asking me to do. But some of my big plans is I plan on releasing a book in 2015, early 2015. I haven't I haven't gotten it completed yet, and so it's kind of a work in progress. Um, but I will, you know, re, you know, create my first real book, you know, hard copy paperback book. So I will, I do plan on doing that in 2015. I'll continue to do a lot of speaking engagements. I get invited to do, you know, to do talks and facilitate discussions all of the time. And so I'm always open to doing those at conferences that people have or retreats, um, even keynote speaking. I'm starting to do a lot more of that. So I want your audience to know that you can always reach out to me to do those things. Um, I also am going to continue to blog. You know, I love to write. So I'll continue to blog for different sites and guest posts on different sites. Um, you know, I'm just keep continuing to grow, continue to grow the movement because at the end of the day, it's all about my, my movement is nearly my platform to, create, to, to fulfill my mission, which my mission is better people equal better mates, which equals better relationships, which creates better communities. And that's really what I'm about. You know, that's why I do what I do every single day. And so whatever vehicles I can use to kind of further that mission, then that's what I'll continue to do. And I do wish you so much suspicion, so much success in your future endeavors because 
as far as what I see, you have it all right now. And, and of course, when you got like that, you just can't mess it up, and I do. Are there any children in the future? Absolutely. That's the, that's the next thing for my wife and I is, you know, we're definitely uh, having that serious conversation now about trying to create some Troy and Tiffany Juniors out there. So uh, hopefully, you know, God willing, you know, he'll allow us to, to have some happy, healthy babies in the future here. Right. And I I hope so. It was hard. I mean, I got my twin girls. They're eight, and it's, it's a blessing. And every day, you know, I always would think, I said, they get on my nerves, but it's just so strange when they're gone. It's like there's no one around, and I know one day it's going to get to that point where they're grown, and they're actually not going to be around as much because they're going to have their own little life. So it's just you just don't take things for granted. I mean, it's the way things are, but I do. I wish you so much success, uh, Troy, and it was a pleasure just having you on this show. Oh, uh, no, no problem. I really do appreciate you having me. Your audience can find me very easily on my website at www. Yeah. ExclusiveThoughts.com. That's X-K-L-U-S-I-V-E Thoughts.com. And once you go there, you can find me on every other social media platform um, that I have. I tell you one thing. I see in you is persistence, and that's that's one of the single most common characteristics of high achievers. And you just refuse to just give up. You're continuing on. You're married. You're still doing your blogs. You're still doing shows, speaking engagements, and and I figured, like, just the longer you hang in there, the greater the chance that something will happen in your favor, and it will, Troy. God got so much in store for you, and I thank you. Again, I wish many blessings to your wife and to your children when you do have them, too. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate the time. Thank you, Troy. We're going to end up doing this again. I'll keep your contact information. No problem. All right. Thank All you, right, Troy. Bye. Well, everyone, that was Troy Spry. Please go on Facebook.com forward slash exclusive thoughts where you can find Troy talking about relationship issues and everything. Anything that you want to talk with, he'll be able to answer. He's a certified relationship expert. Today, I said, has been a most sadful day, but it's happy to know that someone that we truly love has moved on to a better promising another world out there. We we don't like to discuss it, but it's another world out there. I don't know where you actually go when you leave, but he should be in a happier place where he's not suffering anymore through depression or alcohol. I say, God, you looked out for one of our true angels. He's up there now with the rest of the good angels. So I'm very happy for that, and my much love goes out to his family and everything. If they can really know how much we truly love this man, but, you know, this is a cliche as hell, but make people smile and laugh for Robin Williams because he did the same for all of us. He did that. He laughed for many of us, and he was going through so much. Listen to them voices in his mind, having those demons troubling him. He did much for us, and and I just I wish he could have known that some of us out here really, truly, like I said, love his work so much. But we got your back now, Robin, and your love and much efforts will be remembered so much. Um, As I said, we can chat about it. I still have my chat open, boss open, for seven minutes left on the time. Also, you can find me on Facebook, the Bright Side with Technician, comment there, and I'm at Twitter, at TDay60. Comment and tell me, what was your favorite movie? What did you like most about Robin Williams, what made you cry, what made you laugh? Because um, there were so many movies. Um, Dead Poor Society, Good Will Hunting, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, oh, he even played on Happy Days. Anybody remember Happy Days? 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4. I mean, that that was the movie, too. That was a good little show as well. But before we get off the air, I will hit you with some tunes. But we're not just going to leave that quickly. So, stay tuned on in. Let me give you the 2014 talk. My girl like Beyonce. Me too. This is what me and her be doing in the back of the Maybach when we listening to Beyonce. Listen. Listen. 
Driver roll up the partition, please. Uh-huh. Blind your rearview mirrors with the end of my sleeve. Uh-huh. The shit that's on my wrist you probably wouldn't believe. Uh-uh. Every symbol of success levels you couldn't achieve. Driver roll up the partition, please. Uh-huh. I'm alarmed at how she's looking and she's starting to breathe. Move my arm and grab my john and now she's starting to squeeze. Woo! She dropped it with knees, uh-huh. fulfilling my needs. Uh-huh. She swallowed my seed. Uh-huh. She's ready to go. Let's go. Partition is up. Uh-huh. The curtains is closed. Okay. Mommy nice with it like she played for the pros. That's right. She gagged from her throat while she breathed through her nose. Oh, shit. She's starting to choke. Uh-huh. She curling her toes. Look how she trying to take it all down. Come out your clothes. That's right. I waited for a second and I thought for a minute. Ain't no loving good enough to give her while I'm up in it. Tell him, B. Driver roll up the partition, please. Driver roll up the partition, please. Azilia. Thanks. Stress never the sex better the sex weather check cheddar etc etc bet bet you could get severed and less steady slept step in the trip prepping the six seven these niggas be puffing they piffing the public they digging they lusting the feminist strut and she hitting the button I dip in the function I'm proceeding I'm pumping the tit in the rumping I'm flipping I'm dumping I'm tricking I'm trumping them but if these niggas wanna spin they cheese tell them it's the little miss AC very heavy headed dictate heat I'ma flip out if a bitch play me. Driver on at the partition, please. Driver on at the partition, please. I don't need you seeing your thing on her knees. Took 45 minutes to get all dressed up. We ain't even gonna make it to the club. Now my mascara running red lipstick smudge. Oh, he's so honey, yeah, he wants to. Mm. He popped on my buttons and he ripped my blouse. He wanna color whiskey all on my gown.
create conditions in your life to inspire your creativity. Do not allow your mind to dredge up old fears to stop you. Visualize yourself inside a ring of light, based on warmth and love. This unconditional light of love protects you, protects you, casting out fears of all kinds. Anytime you feel the need, take a moment to see yourself in the warmth of this light of love. Today, fearlessly surrender yourself to the power of love that flows through you. Enjoy today. And that is the message for you. Tomorrow, I will have another relationship expert on, so stay tuned for tomorrow. On Blog Talk Radio, I'm your host, Technicia, and I'm out and saying God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.